This evening, uh, Chris Peterson, founder, editor in chief of Onstage Blog and OnStageBlog.com, and we have a sold-out, full house crowd of hosts with you tonight. Um, I, I can't believe we're fitting this many people in, but we, we did it. We did it. You know, I'm, I'm high-fiving left and right. So I'm going to start to my virtual left, so to speak, and introduce uh, my my permanent co-host, Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the internet?s Ready to dig into some. Media, I know that's everything that everyone's doing right now because, my God, the Facebook feed is jam-packed with people just saying, oh, have you seen this? Oh, this is so cool. Oh, check this out. Well, we're the authorities here of coolness. (laughs) Yeah. That's one way to put it. There you go. Uh, And joining with us as well is Miss Lynette Williams. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you as always. Um, and g- coming back again for another engagement is uh, also Mr. Josh Tonra. How are you, sir? Hey, Chris. Doing good. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to have you. And then finally, the fifth member of this uh, incredible boy-slash-girl band uh, is Mr. Jim Niederminer. How are you, sir? Just fine, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. So formal we are. I love it. I love it. Well, we have... Uh, quite the crowd here tonight. I can't believe we're fitting this many people on the podcast, but uh, I am thrilled to, to be talking to all of you because, quite frankly, I need human connection right now. So that's it's like mm-hmm. this is what's getting me through the day. Um, but if you haven't listened to this podcast before, what we like to do in this podcast is basically bring in some really entertaining stories about basically the world of entertainment, anything interesting going on, things that piqued our interest, things that we watched, listened to, read, whatever it may be, um, and bring it to this podcast. But the kicker is I have no idea what these other folks um, are bringing to the table. So all the reactions, discussions, all that is genuine. Uh, it is real. It is spontaneous. And that's that's basically how it is. Uh, and at the end of the podcast, we like to go, YouTubing and uh, go down that wonderful rabbit hole and find out what we've been watching on that glorious, glorious uh, internet channel right now. So let's start off uh, with our good friend Jim. Why don't you kick us off, my friend? What is your first story oh, wow. this week? Thank you. Putting the pressure Thank on. you, Chris. I'm honored. <laughs> oh, do you want to do TV or do you want to do movie? Because I got a TV and a movie. What do you want to do? Up to you. Okay, well, I'll talk about um, Train to Busan because I just finished watching it. Uh, it's it's kind of an older movie. It's 2016. Have you guys seen it? No. That's a good one. Yep. Oh, so, okay, so uh, maybe not the most appropriate time to watch a zombie movie. <laughs> um, but it's a, so it's a Korean zombie movie, and actually the sequel is coming out this summer. Um, but it was one of the better, I, I really like zombie movies. As I know Ben does as well. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but probably since you know Ben, you probably like zombie movies now. Love him. Um, but Korean zombie movie, very emotional, very like uh, hard hitting. Probably the best child actress I've ever seen in anything. Better and than I'll tell you. Portman? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. But I'll tell you, I, I. I mean, I'm I'm like super emotional uh, these days anyway. But I there were some tears. I had some tears in a zombie movie 
because wow. of the feels that this thing was giving me. And uh, so, I, I mean, a lot of class struggle stuff. So, um, I mean, only because I've seen it recently. It's the only Korean movie I've seen recently. But, like, it made me think of Parasite a little bit in terms of what it was saying about social class and um, what it means to be wealthy. And I just think that there's a ton of interesting things um, in Korean cinema, and um, I'm, I'm happy to like go down that rabbit hole. Mm. Nice. So that's what I'd say. And I, I think the new one, the the new one that's coming out is train. It's on Netflix right now, Train to Busan. Um, it's not for the children. Um, the zombies are fast and also contortionists, and. Uh, there's a million of them, and nothing is nothing is CGI. It's so like everything's obviously practical, and um, it's just just really good. And there's a, the sequel is, I guess, set four years later with different characters. They're kind of building up like a George A. Romero kind of world, um, and I'm there for it. Awesome, awesome, nice, nice. Uh, re- really quick, uh, Jim, what's your stance on? Uh, and I want to hear everyone's opinion on this. Uh, fast zombies versus slow zombies. <laughs> Great question, Ben. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm about fast zombies. I think that slow zombies, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I don't get much of a scare. I think, like, especially now, I'm so desensitized to everything. So you gotta, you got to bring something else to the table, I think. And the speed gets me. Gotcha. Yeah, like I, I recently showed one of the first for fast zombie movies uh, that I can recall is Return of the Living Dead, uh, yeah. 1984 about, um, and that movie is one of my faves. It was on Voodoo for like five dollars, so I just bought it, rewatched it. Great flick, like horror comedy. There's not a lot of those out there. Then you have, of course, 28 Days Later, and then yeah. uh, 28 Weeks Later. Um, and you know, then you have World War Z, which is whatever. But I like Train to Busan because, like you said, it's practical. You know, World War Z dealt a lot with the CGI. You know what I'll tell you? I'll tell you the one thing that they do in this movie that I think is incredible with the zombies is how much they use them as a mass. So, like, there are literal waves of zombies and, like, chains of zombies climbing over each other. And um, really, really cool. Like, just... To see, like, a wave of people kind of crash down is pretty incredible. I think the other thing that is really important in a zombie movie that goes overlooked is the human bad guy. Like, there has to be, like, a human villain um, that you root against. (laughs) Um, And the human villain in this one is so just preposterously, like, Mr. Monopoly guy. Like throwing human beings into the mouths of zombies and stuff, like throwing women into the into zombies and um, sacrificing little kids, and uh, he's just really terrible. Um, so I and and yeah, no happy endings in this movie. Um, like spoiler alert, no. but you're not going to leave yeah. like real thrilled about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of walls of zombies, so it's kind of like. Uh... The only good part of World War Z when they like all amass and people can like they can start climbing over each other to get into Israel. Yeah, I mean it's right. been so long since I've seen that one and it made so little of an impression yeah. on me um, that I don't I don't remember that. Um, this one really I mean really had like an auteur sense to it, kind of like those uh, Living Dead and Day of, uh, Dawn of the Dead kind of movies. Dawn of the Dead's my favorite one. 
Um, but here, this here. one was yep. it was really interesting. Um, I mean, and, and the main character is really interesting and, and just sort of like a multi-dimensional character. Actors are good. Um, not a lot. I mean, you can't do a lot of exposition in a zombie movie because you got to get right to the zombies, right? But uh, they they did a nice job, like setting setting up the characters that they used. Nice. I'm all about yeah. like. You know, I don't care if it's fast or slow zombies, but what I can't stand is when zombies all of a sudden have these, like, superhuman abilities, I guess you could say. Like, mm-hmm. they can now, mm-hmm. you know, scale mm-hmm. a 10-foot fence by jumping, you know, in the air. Yeah. They can, they've got 10 times the amount of strength. That just doesn't make sense to me. So, uh, yeah, I, fast or slow doesn't matter as long as they don't have superpowers. You know, you know the last thing I'll say about this is that, um, like, this is the first time I've seen a zombie movie post, like, COVID world. Uh, and and that kind of fear that you have, I don't know if you've been, like, when you go to a grocery store now, I don't know if yep. you're like me, but, you know, that kind of, like, there are these people, and they're normal people, but there's, like a, like, a fear of them that I've never felt before, a fear of people that you know, even. And um, so I think watching, a, a, like, an epidemic movie right now um, has an extra bit of power. Um, I don't know that I was all that prepared for it. <laughs> it was probably a bad decision, but I mean, it, it really, it really does make you think differently about uh, how epidemics like travel, and, and also how you know South Korea is is like exponentially better at containing uh, <laughs> epidemics. Yeah. In yeah. in zombie movies and in real life, apparently. I made the mistake of watching like the Americans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made the mistake of watching the Americans and season five is the bioweapon one. And I was like, hmm, what if COVID-19 was a bio? <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this. But yeah. Anywho, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll have to check it out. Love it. Love it. All right, Josh, why don't you go next, my friend? All right. Uh, let's detour into the world of sports. Uh and, and sports and entertainment, though not necessarily sports entertainment. Um, ESPN, believe it or not, has big uh, voids in their schedule right now, what with there no. being no sports whatsoever. Um, and so they decided to move up uh, the miniseries that they had slated for uh, the summer, well, the documentary movie series they had slated for the summer. Um, starting April 19th, they're moving up... Uh, the, the Last Dance, which is a 10-part miniseries about the 1990 Chicago Bulls, uh, which I'm totally, totally excited for. Um, it was supposed to be released in June. Um, I, was a, I am a Celtics fan, have been a Celtics fan my entire life, um, but uh, Jordan was my favorite player in the 1990s. Um, there's all sorts of shit that went on with this team behind the scenes. There was books that came out about uh, about it. The Jordan Rules was probably the most famous one. Uh, it came out in the mid-90s. Michael Jordan, you know, punching out teammates, uh, you know, placing bets all the time, betting millions of dollars uh, on a hand of, uh, you know, on a hand of cards. Um, I'm totally excited for this. Anybody else? You know, yeah. pump up for this. Know anything about it? Yeah. I knew nothing about it, but it sounds cool. I think it's going to be I, great. I mean, the last time ESPN did a major uh, uh, 
documentary miniseries was, was uh, O.J. Made in America. That was incredible. was fantastic. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. fantastic. And their 30 for 30 series is great. Um, almost every one that they've done uh, has, been, uh, has been awesome. Um, you know, it's not quite Dark Side of the Ring, uh, which is also outstanding. But, uh, you know, that's something, you know, they're showing Masters videos tonight. And I had it on earlier, you know, to kind of, that's what's filling the void right now. But there is some new sports content to look forward to coming out on, like I said, April 19th. It's only a couple weeks away. I, I'm I'm all about that. So I, I just want to make sure that there's going to be plenty of Luke Longley. Is there plenty of... <laughs> Tony Kukoc. I, I don't mind. I, Bill Cartwright, I mean, weird overhand shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Bill Cartwright. I loved him on, like, I think it was, like, yeah. Bulls, Bulls versus Bill, or, wait, Bulls versus Blazers on the Super Nintendo? Bill Cartwright's amazing. <laughs> <on> that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was 1990s too early for Pippen? Was he still, was he on the oh, team? Oh, no. Now? No, he was on the no, team. Yeah. Part yep. of those teams. Okay. I knew he was in the Maybe 92. You, you had this. Horace Grant. Oh. First group of players with with Grant, Stevie Kerr, Kevin, Jordan, and then you know Grant went to the Magic. They brought in Tony Kukoc during the Michael Jordan retirement year. Yeah. When he comes back, they've got Kukoc. They bring in Rodman. Um, those teams were wild. Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. uh, John Paxson was part of that early that early yep. group. Uh, Craig Hodges. Uh, I mean, there's some names for sure. And then the Rodman Who? years, of course, towards the end, out of control. Absolutely. Yep. Who was your uh, Who was your NBA Jam team, Josh? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm 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 a homer, so it was the Celtics. But if I was looking to win, it was the Magic, Shaq and uh, Shaq and Penny. Shaq and mm. Penny, yeah. Mm. You gotta go. I always gotta go. George Clinton with uh, Chris Mullen. <laughs> George Clinton. <laughs> yeah, you gotta put the code in, bro. That's George right, Clinton was a code in NBA him. Jam. Yep. Yeah, you didn't know that. Come on, Jim. What the, am I breaking this knowledge off to you twenty I'm years sorry. later? I'm sorry. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta There's do George gotta Clinton. Do. You gotta do George Clinton or Al Gore with Chris Mullen, and then you win. I remember Al Gore. Yeah. Huh. P Funk. His name was P Funk. Oh. This is amazing. Fantastic. Fantastic. You just broke Jim's brain. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I can't wait for that. Um, yeah, the the stories about Jordan behind the scenes are legendary. Uh, th- just to have locker room and practice footage is going to be fascinating. So, I mean, there's there's a ton of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, the, the highlights are the highlights, but I want to see everything else that was back there. Definitely, definitely. It's not possible that Jordan was a good human being. Was it? I mean, you can't possibly have been a good human being. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, don't ruin that for me. Well, he's, got <laughs> some, he's earned some. He's earned some things because he has that amazing crying meme that everyone's using. So. Yeah. yeah, he's got some. Points. He was in that. Is that from his dad dying too? Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. No. Oh, no. thanks for bringing no, that I thought up. It was like for like the it team the losing or something like that. Yeah. Then it was, no, it I was thought it was for his all star. I thought it was for his um his Hall of Fame speech. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. No, his Hall of Fame <laughs> was just like an angry tirade about everybody who ever wronged him. And this was the guy who, when they asked him, like, why doesn't he stand up for causes, said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers, too. Because uh, he's always <laughs> oh, more worried about the brand. 
Why are you ruining my childhood? Hey man, uh, Republicans don't play basketball. Everyone knows this. <laughs> he just missed social media. I mean, is it possible that he would have survived in the social no. media era? No, I don't think he would have. Probably. You know who would have though? Ginger seven footer Luke Longley from Australia. <laughs> what did he ever say? <laughs> Nothing, but I bet it was Australian accent. That's right. I bet it was adorable. Amazing. Amazing. About, and probably about fosters. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lynette, what do you got for us? All right, I'm going to break off a piece of religion on your asses. Mm. All right. Yeah, I'm going gangster. Gangster religion. Uh, so I don't know if you guys celebrate or not, but it is uh, Passover. And it's awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's also Easter, Easter's coming up. So I was thinking about it because we talked about it at Christmas time. I think we talked about it at Christmas time. One of my traditions is that I always have to watch the Prince of Egypt for, for Passover. Heck yes. And, and then I also watch, which this is where I'm going to ask you guys about it. I also watch Exodus, the Christian Bale Exodus. Did you did you guys watch it? <laughs> no. And what wow. do you guys think of it? Um, because don't, other don't other spoil than it. Me, don't spoil it. Okay. I was gonna say, I I'm just gonna let you know, it's good. It's good. It's an epic. Um. So you guys never watch? You never watch the Christian Bale? Uh, does he uh, Does he play Moses? He does. No, that's he amazing. plays Moses and um oh god who plays Ramses? Do you, um, do you need a code? Do you need a code to put in? <laughs> do you put in P Funk and then yeah, Christian yeah, Bale yeah. comes out as Moses? <laughs> yes, he's like let my fucking people go. No, yeah. um, kind of, but yeah, yeah. No, <sighs> it was it was huge. It was controversial when it came out because it was in two thousand like what thirteen or something like that, and they had yeah. no. No people of color in it. Yeah, all All white people. people. So even with all the white people, I still enjoy that movie. It was the (laughs) Lannister guy, the guy from the Game of Thrones, right? No, it was uh, Joe Joe Egerton. Yeah, yeah. the the only The only person of color is John Turturro as the as as Moses's dad. (laughs) John Turturro is a person of color. I I, I guess so. Yeah. Oh. I can he's played Hispanic so many times I thought he was Hispanic. <laughs> he's also played no, Jewish so many Jewish times. Jewish guys, lots yeah, lots of Jewish guys. Currently too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Rabbi Bangelsdorf. Yeah, he's he's playing a Jewish Southern guy on uh, a Jewish yeah. Southern Nazi sympathizer, right? What? What yeah. show is that? Yeah. On the plot against America. Yeah, Lynette, I was oh. telling you about the show. You haven't watched it. No, not yet. The show's the bomb. All right. Yeah, I'll Josh, I, I totally broke that show off. It's it's great, great show. I know. It, it, is and it keeps getting better every episode. Mm-hmm. Lynette, did you guys were you able to have a seder? Uh, so he, no. Uh, but they're doing a virtual one tonight. But I missed it for you guys. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, we, we it's did okay. a Zoom seder last night, which I've never oh. I've never done before. Um, yeah. With how did it go for you? It was good. Diana was a bit of a clusterfuck. <laughs> Isn't it always? Yes, but like more so when you're, you've got mics all over the place, speakers backing up and everything. Um, yeah, it was nice to see everybody's face. I mean, this, it's something that 
thank goodness for the technology because, you know, Passover is one of our favorite holidays in this house. And we go away every year either to Long Island or to Ohio to visit friends or family and have big seders. And it was tough leading up to last night thinking it would just be the the four of us until we we figured out how to do a a Zoom one. And there were technical difficulties, but it was really great. That's really nice that you guys were able to do that. Um, Yeah, I'm going to actually, I'm breaking quarantine rules, but I should be doing one tomorrow. But only like the half an hour one, because I'm not a real Jew like that, where I can't do a three hour Seder. That's just too much attention. I want you guys to know, I want you guys to know that Chris and Ben and I are all unleavened. (laughs) (laughs) So you're kosher for Passover? We can, we can consume you? Yeah. I mean, if you want. <laughs> How would your wife feel about that? I mean, <clears throat> you're the one that made a weird living out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I usually do. I usually do. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, Ben, we've come to you, my friend. What do you got? All right. Well, uh, <laughs> this week I wanted to talk about the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, what I'm doing with this whole quarantined uh, Indie films. Half- Indie films, yeah, not mainstream. If you guys check this little indie batch of films, uh, they came out select release. Uh, no. So we are going through them. This household, the Frawley household, is going through the films chronologically. So we start with Captain America, First Avenger, and then mm-hmm. and then the second film is uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is really interesting to watch the movies like this. You can really uh, piece out the Infinity Stones as they come into play. Uh, so I can't wait to get to the end of it. There's so much that you catch. There's so much. Who knew that Gary Shandling had so much to do with the MCU? It's just yeah. insane. Uh, he is such a dick, <laughs> and just really has is. so much to do with like Hydra. And I'm like, what? Like he is such a big part of Iron Man Two and Winter Soldier. I forgot he was in Iron Man Two. There's so much going on, and then there's so many little characters, you know, character actors that they hired for these small parts that would show up five six seven eight years later to play the same role in a different mm-hmm. movie just wild kevin feige is master nerd and behind the scenes executive producer just crazy and how it all you know i i know that it's all gonna come together but i can't wait for to watch endgame again because they go back in time and go back through the movies um uh, here's some uh the, but i wanted to break this down because james gunn just came out and said that Rocket's origins will play a big part in Guardians 3. Um, that was the big news this week, so that should be really interesting. But, Wait a minute, uh, he's Gar- back on the movie? He is back on the movie, and so is yes! uh, Batista, too. Uh, so he's back uh, because they need him back. And then also, it's really interesting. Those movies play a big part, of course, as they did, um, but we didn't know that when they came out. But... Uh, Thor: The Dark World, which was kind of like a low, um, a low light of the MCU for yeah. me, plays a huge part when you watch was, it this way. There's so much yeah. going on in that movie. Yeah, you know those, those really early wild. Thor movies. Those are the first two Kenneth Branagh movies. Only the yeah, first like the, one. The, the first, first one, is. one is. Yeah, the first one it blows, is. Blows my mind how much garbage that Kenneth Branagh has made in his career. Like, in addition to being, like, an outstanding Shakespearean actor and director, he's just made, like, some really weird choices. 
But uh, his Thor movies are not, I, I just don't think they're good at all. <laughs> well, well I think like, he was also going through a divorce at the time, so he needed a paycheck. Uh, money. Uh, what yeah. was what was the the uh, excuse for Wild Wild West? Oh. <laughs> that I don't know. Ooh, I just wanted to sport that mustache. Uh, <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> paycheck. You guys, um, you guys ever see the Gingerbread Man? Quality. Quality. Movie. <laughs> um, anyway. So anyway, so in the in the MCU, uh, trudging along through this thing, we got to uh, Age of Ultron, which I remember at the time was not reviewed well. Like you know, oh here we go again. But Age of Solid. Ultron reviews uh, reveals a lot that will pay off a lot in Infinity War and in Endgame. So um, you know, if you have a couple months on your hands and you're stuck inside, uh, <laughs> this is the way to do it. Um, but oh. This was the one thing. So I wanted to say those those couple things about like how those movies are elevated because of Endgame, which is really cool, because we know uh, Natalie Portman comes back in Endgame. Uh, but there's one movie in the MCU I want to implore you to skip. So if you have Disney Plus for six bucks, you have access to all 23 movies, except for one, and that is the Edward Norton Hulk movie. So mm. what I did, I was like, I need to watch it because I'm going through the whole thing. And I must have missed this. I'll, I'll be willing to admit, I miss movies every once in a while. And uh, this movie is effing terrible. It is one of the <laughs> worst movies. And it has Edward Norton and Tim Roth, two of my best, my, 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 my dudes from like the 90s. And they are, this movie is full of garbage. And then... <laughs> Uh, as I'm watching this, all these movies, I'm doing the trivia on IMDb, which is what I do when I rewatch something. And I guess Edward Norton was kind of a diva on set, was rewriting scenes the whole time, which I don't know who gave him the power to do that. Uh, but he, like, there's almost no dialogue in this movie. Like, the first 40 minutes, there's almost no one talking. Yeah. No one introduces their character names. It's a really odd, uneven movie. And it, it, it makes you... Cause, Here's how it goes. Here's how it rolls out. You go Avenger. You go uh, Captain Captain America. You roll into Captain Marvel. You do Iron Man 1, 2. You're rocking and rolling, and here we go. And then all of a sudden, this movie comes, and it's such a stinker. Just skip that one and just, you know, know maybe watch a couple episodes of the original Hulk series. Did and that, then you're did all that come out? And it came out after on. Iron Man? It came, it came out before, before everything, it came right? Out, it came yeah, out before 2008. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was before. Bad. Was it before it's, Kevin Feige? Yes. Uh, no, he's attached so. to it. Oh, he, he is? is attached to it. Oh yeah, I watched. Oh yeah, I've been doing research on all these, and it is bad, 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 bad. And so this almost derailed the whole thing. Luckily, it has a. So all you need to know is it has a Stanley cameo, and uh, that's about it. So skip oh, that no, no, one, no. kids, and then just you move on Ross with the MCU. Yeah, Thunderbolt Ross, Ross is in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. William Hurt's in it playing well, then, the same character that he plays throughout the throughout yeah. the universe. Right. So that's important for his introduction. But and then I, I the trivia that I found is Sam Elliott wanted to reprise that role from the 2003 movie, but they wouldn't let him because they wanted to start fresh. So that was really which makes sense because that movie's terrible too. But uh... that movie's terrible too. No one can make a good Hulk movie, which is really bizarre. And I know they rolled. Uh, Thor Ragnarok into Planet Hulk. That's really what Planet Hulk is in the comic books. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe we'll get Red Hulk and we'll get She-Hulk coming up with uh, Mark Ruffalo. They knew. They knew. 
So maybe we'll get him to play the Hulk and say that line. <laughs> I think She Hulk, She Hulk is going to be one of the uh, Disney Plus TV shows, isn't it? Correct. Isn't yeah. it in that yeah. second wave? Mm-hmm. I love She Hulk. I think that having a, a, an attorney um, Hulk makes perfect sense to me. Right. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, good stuff. Who's man. always green? Always green. Always green. Yeah. So, guys, uh, if you got the Disney Plus, rock and roll right through that thing uh, it's it's tons of fun to do and especially i don't know it, it just makes the last movies just even better so uh check it out that's my big review of the week awesome good stuff good stuff all right so for my first pick this week um you know netflix has decided to make some improvements some changes to uh the way that um you know certain things look uh you know on their site so to speak and they have gloriously decided to uh create a top 10 list on their like on their dashboard so when you open up the dashboard you can actually see like top 10 in the u.s today um and what i think is interesting is because we're in this time of you know self-quarantine and uh whatnot uh it, it's very interesting to see you know what america is thinking right now when it comes to uh their viewership so without looking um i'd like to kind of spring on you guys Netflix's top ten and get your reaction, if you will. Does that sound oh, okay? I know, I know it's on there. It's a movie that I know it's a Jim, a movie that Jim loves. Okay, mm-hmm. well, Spencer hey, Confidential mm-hmm. is on there, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think. I, well, well, we'll get. To, I think so. We'll see. But um, all right, so I'll start with number ten. <laughs> all right, here it is. Number ten is The Hangover, like the movie The Hangover, is at mm-hmm. number ten, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Um, all right. At number nine is Nailed It, the cooking comedy show, if anybody's seen that. Love that. Uh, yes. so good. I've seen every one. Great show. Great show. Uh, number eight is a show called Legacies. I've never seen that. Um, looks oh, like a I've teen, heard of it. It looks like a stupid teen drama thing. Uh, not it really is. For me. Okay. Um, at number seven is All American, this uh, sports drama with Tay Diggs. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, that was a huge plus for them. Yeah. Um... Hmm. Number six is Money Heist, of all things. I don't. It looks. It's a Spanish TV show. What's Money Heist? It's a. It's a Money eight, Heist. Eight thieves take I'm on. In. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so eight thieves take on. Is Nicholas Cage in it? I'm in. No, no, and sadly not. Oh. Sadly not. Um, all right. Number five is a Ed Helms movie uh, called. What is this oh, called? Coffee, coffee and Kareem. Coffee and Kareem. Oh, that yeah, just came that. out this week. Just yeah, came out this great. week. So that's that number five. Uh, that's at number five. Uh, number four is the Gerard Butler uh, classic "Angel Has Fallen." So there you <laughs> go. Oh, can't wait! I, you know, I I wrote a dissertation on uh, the first two movies, so I can't wait to see the third. Ugh. Oh, my dad. So good. My dad actually, uh, he a full review said it was amazing. <laughs> He just called me the other night. Uh, number three is the brand new uh, show called The Big Show Show, which is okay. stars former WWE wrestler The Big Show. I saw the first episode. I was, I uh, I saw that um, pop up, and I'll tell you that it it's it's quality in how bad it is. It's really bad. I mean, it's like a sitcom. It's like somebody's trying to parody a sitcom, but is doing it with like not not as a parody. 
That's how bad it is. The <laughs> oh, jokes are no. so wooden. I would I would just love to be there to just feel how awkward it is to be on set. But I recommend it. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Well, it's number three in the nation. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is the new season of Ozark. If anybody's on Ozark, uh, that that that's uh, the third season is up on, and that is number two. And of course, at number one, no surprise, uh, the miniseries the is t- taking the nation. Uh, Tiger King is at number one. Uh, right Joe now. Exotic. No Spencer Confidential. Dropped no, out of the not top 10. dropped out of the top ten. Thank God. Because um, of, of my review. Because of your review, it ruined it for everybody. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that's very revealing about how what America's thinking right now in terms of what we're watching. Uh, I would. You guys have talked about Tiger King, right? Of course. Of I mean, course. it's amazing. Oh yeah. 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 No. Wait, did you guys hear the breaking news today? Did you guys hear the breaking news? No. Hit us. Which which one? Uh, I know there's a lot the, the the coronavirus on Joe Exotic the, the whole thing but the, no the, breaking news just before we get went on the air Netflix says there's gonna be a new episode coming out. Ooh. What? Oh yeah, the, yeah See, bonus yeah, episode of some sort or? Yeah, some sort. I don't know what's going on. That just was announced today. The oh, news that I heard was news. that Kate Kate McKinnon is making a fictionalized version of the Tiger King, um, and she's oh, gonna play. And I also heard that Rob Lowe and um, what's the guy that did Glee, Ryan Murphy, yep, are also making a rival, um, are, are trying to put together a rival um, fictionalized version of of uh, Tiger King. Just do so I don't know who will be first to market. <laughs> Just do it all. Wow! Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! Too funny! Too funny! Um, yeah, no, there's, there's, I mean, Tiger King fever right now. And I just sometimes I just want to remind people that are digging this show, like just remember these are terrible human beings. Oh, uh, they're all bad. <laughs> like, like actual terrible people. And so let's not elevate them uh, too well, listen, much. Chris, Chris, if they were nice, boring people, it'd be a boring show. That's right. true. <laughs> We've decided that uh, my uh, my best friends and their children are going to be Tiger King and also Daniel Tiger King for the little ones. It's going to be a cross between Tiger King and Daniel Tiger. That's great. Oh. That's great. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, Jim, why don't you uh, hit, do the round again? What do you got for your number two? Well, I don't know. You probably talked about it already this season, but um, the I don't know if you guys have been following Westworld this year. Um, I was a huge fan of Westworld uh, the first season. Uh, second season got a little weird yeah. for me. And this third season is so like bonkers to me that um I, I don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm there for it anymore and i i it's got a lot of battlestar galactic galactica vibes um but i don't know is anybody else watching this yeah jim i'm, I'm with you on that one i i haven't watched this season i bowed out halfway through last season I, i'm gonna tell oof. you yeah oof oof is right like because i don't know about you but my middle school for some reason we watched a ton of the original movie in school. I, I don't know what was going on. I swear there's boobs in that movie. I don't know what's going on. And That's my science teacher system. was just off the chain. <laughs> oh, Meriden, Connecticut, just out of control. You guys like Yule Brenner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're like, what? And then we just put it on. I, I don't know. It was, we watched uh, Spartacus and Westworld like over and over again. I don't get it. But I liked the first season Weird. because it reminded me of the movie. And then it just went off the chain, dude. Yeah, it's like it's like they had this this TV show about a place where people go 
to like kill robots and do other bad stuff in a amusement park filled with robots and they were like eh, i don't know if it's interesting enough to sustain more than five episodes we got to get them out of the amusement park what people really want is the existential angst of robots and yeah. what, what it feels like to be a robot so yeah now I, I, I don't know what's happening now I, I do know that there's a hemsworth brother in it um who's the <laughs> the black sheep hemsworth brother right and then jesse and jesse pinkman's in it too so jesse i don't know pinkman's in it playing right. jesse pinkman there's always. no meth in it though i don't understand what's going on oh Oh, I beg to differ, my friend. I think this show is entirely about math. <laughs> just, just as Tiger King is, but um, I, I really don't know. It, it looks so expensive, and there's, they just really have not taken the time to write a show that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I agree. It, it does. I mean, when I saw the tr- the new trailer for the new season, I was like, "What is going on here?" Um, yeah, I was I was out. <laughs> so that's what I got about that. I, yeah, I, yeah, uh, Jim. I, uh, kudos to BSG though, uh, Battlestar Galactica. I, that, that show I haven't revisited hmm. it yet, but I'm not doing anything for the next couple months. But maybe it's time uh, for a rewatch of BSG. Yeah, I'm gonna. Mm. I, I'm gonna sp- I'm gonna um so Battlestar Galactica, like you you the whole thing was like figuring out who the Cylons were. And when do you figure out who the Cylons are? In, in the last episode, you finally figure out who the last folks are and yeah. you're guessing along the way, and that's the big thing, like who's real, who's not real. In um in Westworld, you know, this is a spoiler, but in Westworld, you find out who the the robot people are pretty soon pretty pretty early on in this season. There's a little bit of a mystery to it, and then what do you find out? Well, it's all the same person. (laughs) It's just a bunch of copies of the same robot in different bodies. And so um, it just, they they just took like what could, could have been a fun concept and um, just took it in a place that it, it shouldn't have been. I mean, they, they did tease this year, like a world war two world um, like Westworld, but like you are fighting Nazis and stuff. And they had the Shogun world last season fighting samurais, but Evidently, those things are not interesting enough to make a, a show about. You got to get them out of there. Get them in the real world. We want to see those yeah. uh, robots interacting with people. Yeah, you know what? The same thing happened in the movie. I don't know if you remember the movie because it's, it's based because Michael Crichton wrote the movie. It's based on the screenplay by Michael Crichton, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just. I don't think it was a book. I think it was just the movie. Uh, and same thing happens when Yul Brenner goes nuts start shooting everyone in Westworld, then they show, like, uh, Ancient Greece world and mm-hmm. Shogun world and all these other cool worlds, and you're like, oh, I want to see that movie. And then they came up with this movie called Future World Afterwards with mm-hmm. Peter Fonda, and that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I rented it with Sean Broser from Take One Video, and that movie terrible. And I was like, this movie's terrible. I want to get back to, like, the whorehouse and shooting people and stuff. And then they just ruined the concept. Yeah, maybe Michael Crichton's not a guy to faithfully adapt. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, somebody disagrees or agrees. Oh, who's not? Was like, ah, no. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, that's that's. <laughs> well, thanks, Jim. Steven, you answered my question. I think, 
I think when Steven Spielberg wrote Jurassic Park, he pretty much saw the cover of Jurassic Park, and then he put that aside and then just made a movie about cool dinosaurs. That's a good point. That's well, same point. with uh, The Shining and uh, Stanley Kubrick and, you know, Stephen King. He's like, oh, that's a good idea, and then I'm just going to make this crazy movie that has nothing to do with your book. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good idea always, because I, I, I think that Dr. Strangelove was the same deal. It was like, nobody really read the source material. They just kind of... Made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Wait, the movies are source material? So that's my that's my lesson. I guess in the end, um, as as like a person with an English literature degree, I'm just telling you all, just don't read the book. Just go right. make the movie that you want. Fake your way through right. it. Just like a freshman in English class. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good Quick stuff, notes. man. Good stuff. Uh, Josh, what do you got for your number two, my friend? Uh, so... Right now, uh, while we're sitting, uh, everybody's stuck at home. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about a couple of different things to stream on uh, Disney Plus. I've actually been rewatching uh, The Mandalorian again mm-hmm. uh, to get my uh, to get my Star Wars fix. Um, there's also been a new season of Clone Wars uh, that's come out, season seven, um, season one, th- seasons one through five were on uh, Cartoon Network. Um, season six was like kind of a surprise season on Netflix. And then season seven has been in the works with Disney, uh, for a couple of years. Uh, uh, Dave Filoni, who is the showrunner for, uh, for that show, uh, was also the showrunner for, uh, rebels, uh, which was a really good program. Um, kind of a, a, a cartoon. It takes you almost right up to a new hope, um, and rogue one. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. Dave Filoni's also been the showrunner now, the co-showrunner with um, John Favreau for The Mandalorian. Um, so in the last oh last two weeks or so, um, there were rumors starting to circulate regarding Mandalorian season two and some of the casting. Um, yeah. That uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, was uh, was seen around the set. Uh, doesn't have a. Uh, a role as of yet, or even confirmed that she's going to be on the show. Uh, but one of the rumors that popped up, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet or not, uh, was that Rosario Dawson would be cast to play Ahsoka Tano in season two. Yes. Which I think that's legit. You, I think that's a legit uh, yeah. uh, news. Oh, and if that's if that's for real, it's it's a character that's that's never been in a film uh, until. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, there was like a, a, a voice. She's voice acted by um, Ashley Eckstein, who is the um, – she does – she's like a clothing designer for her universe. Her universe. She does uh, voice acting. She's also married to David Eckstein, who used to play for the Angels. Uh, shout out to David Eckstein oh. and all the oh. tiny second basemen. Ahsoka Tano is a character that is beloved books comics cartoons um and uh i love rosario dawson absolutely love her um so i'm i'm super psyched uh about uh about this and i know you guys talked about uh the mandalorian as it was coming i think i talked about it with you guys in at least one of the episodes um it was a totally satisfying uh first season i love that they're ratcheting it up um there's going to be some other characters apparently that from uh, Clone Wars, uh, Captain Rex, 
has been discussed. Um, and, and I know I'm going down a little bit of a, a nerdy wormhole here, but like I'm giddy for the second season and I know it's months away. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was some bright news. That was definitely some bright news. That's awesome. Uh, Josh, did I also hear that Bill Burr is coming back too? <laughs> I heard uh, that. I, I mean, your, your your shitty Bill Burr stormtrooper accent will come back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Regardless. For season two, right over Yorkie um, way. I hope he does. I thought his character was great. I that 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 whole episode was probably my favorite one of the season. That was anything you the yeah anything break. you catch, um, Josh. Anything you caught on the second rewatch, like anything that's like stands out is something that was better or worse or on the second uh, time through. Nothing, nothing worse. The the what I love and what I appreciate. Um, well, a couple of things. Uh, the uh, the the environments and the sets and everything feels so lived in, and it's grimy and dirty, and and you can tell um, a lot of things in it were were practical effects. You know, it wasn't CGI yep. and things like that. Um, and on the second rewatch, watching it, uh, Werner Herzog is fucking out of control. <laughs> that guy's dialing it up like every line yeah. is just he yeah. loves he loves that puppet too have you seen have you yeah. seen the behind the scenes stuff with him and the puppet oh yeah yeah where he treats the puppet like it's a living human a living person i really i i really wish he hadn't spoiler alert died in the uh yeah in the uh, season finale um but but like having you know did we i mean we didn't talk about the last episode but you know I don't think we did. The dark saber and and the Mandalore mm. siege of Mandalore and all of that shit. Like it's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be awesome. I mean, I love the dark saber. It totally makes sense that he has it. It's it's gonna be epic. That's gonna be great. great yeah, yeah. Josh, you know, do you know that Tiny Second Baseman is my Elton John uh, tribute band? Let <laughs> 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 me closer, Tiny Second Baseman. <laughs> Do you guys like I, all take on fake, fake names? Like one of you is David Eckstein, one of you is. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole. That's the whole. Dustin thing. Pedroia. Chuck Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 Walt Weiss. Wait, was Walt Weiss? <laughs> He's a shortstop. <laughs> shortstop. Oh, okay. Well, um, um, I was Chuck Knobloch then, and uh, had the yips for uh, <laughs> one of the shows. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Good we stuff. all dress in, in sequined, sequined <laughs> baseball uniforms, a la Rocket Man. <laughs> well, oh, anyway, back to Star Wars, Josh. I don't know if you caught how they did the show. Um, so one of my favorite YouTube channels is like the video effects artists react. You ever seen those, Josh? Yeah, I have. Um, you, you ever seen them talk about the technology they used on Mandalorian? That episode? I did not. No. So what's going on with the Mandalorian is something brand new. So it's green screen and it's a computer animated environment. But what makes it real is you're in a three-dimensional projection screen. And when the camera moves, so you'll have a director holding a camera or on a tripod. And when it moves or booms the whole environment moves around the actor. And so the lighting hits the actor's costume accordingly. And oh, awesome. so it is CGI, but like when the Mandalorian's walking in a desert scape, 
it's a brand new technology. If you look up like behind the scenes on Mandalorian, it'll blow your mind. And that's how they made the show look so seamless and beautiful. And it's just so wild. And this is, you know, I think this is the wave of the future. And that's what they're the VFX guys are. That's what they're saying. So I, this show is just going to get better. And the technology they're using for it is going to elevate the Star Wars universe just times a thousand. So what you're saying is, is that they sh- cats should have waited before they made the movie. <laughs> that was <laughs> a bad joke. Who should have waited? Cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, then you could be inside a litter box, like three dimensions. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that will happen in that movie. Release the butthole cut. <laughs> I know, I want it so bad. <laughs> Did you so see bad. someone release the uh, butthole trailer? A fake <laughs> butthole trailer? No. <laughs> People have lots of time on their hands. Now yeah, they we're do. all stuck inside. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, who are we on? Um, Lynette, you're up. Yeah. Speaking of Broadway, because that's what I do. I segue to Broadway always. Uh, so uh, as we have just heard, Broadway is now um, closed until June seventh. Uh, so bad because that's usually Tony weekend. Um, but with that being said, a couple of Broadway people have been kind enough and gracious enough to bequeath Broadway to us. So a couple of things that I wanted to talk about was um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, or excuse me, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, created a YouTube channel where they're streaming. Um, they're going to be streaming his musicals uh, once a week. Hmm. Um, and you can watch them for free, uh, but you do have to catch them when they're on. Um, otherwise, you've missed it. So the next one coming up is this weekend is uh, obviously as it is the Holy Weekend and Pesach. It's Jesus Starlet Christ Express? Superstar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Uh, it's Jesus Christ Superstar. They just did ama- uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. They're going to do Cats again. Um, but it's the staged version not the bad one. Um, Wait, what, you said no. not the bad one? <laughs> yeah, not the, yeah. <laughs> I know there's not really a good one, I was but gonna I say. Um, So it's something to look at. Uh, the 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 YouTube channel is actually the show must go on, and also Playbill announced that they're going to be as a benefit for the actors um, actors equity fund. They are going to do a streaming of uh, of uh, Bandstand, um, which a lot of people, it was a short-lived musical on Broadway. It was supposed to be touring right now. Um, and it was made into a movie. Um, so for $6.99, you can rent Bandstand, and then you have access to it for three days after you rent it. But um, a, pro- a portion of the proceeds actually go to uh, Actors' Equity Fund, um, and the Red Bucket campaign. So uh, I will be watching Bandstand as I've never seen it and maybe catching up on some Angela Weber, though he's my least favorite com- uh, musical composer. Lynette, how dare you plug Playbill on the Onstage Blog I, podcast? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a forever band. <laughs> well, here's here's what I'll, I'll say about that. that I deal. did look um, to see if it was in something else. You know, I think it's great that that a lot of these um, 
you know, theater entities are doing these types of things. The Actors Fund, um, Actors Equity has finally done kind of some, some right things uh, when it comes to, you know, helping the actors out. Like I called for them to stop, you know, charging dues and they have, yep. which is awesome. Um, and, you know, the thing with, with Playbill, I mean, Mark Pelkert and I don't get along and he knows that. Um I, is there I've, anybody in theater you get along with? A couple people. A couple people. You know, it's funny. Like, he's he's just someone that uh, he's done things in the theater community, uh, you know, that kind of alienate a lot of people. And I yeah. really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, for instance, he pulled uh, sponsorship from Broadway Con, like, literally at the last minute two years ago. And it really threw them into a tizzy. Uh, so little things here and there. And I, I've... We we've had not confrontations, but definitely like passive aggressive, like conversations Words. where it's like, you know, well, you know, whatever. I, anyway, it's good that he's allowing Playbill to to be able to do this. So kudos to Mark. I still don't like you, but um, good job on that that point. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's good that uh, you're, you're giving these performing artists something to do. Uh, it's helping them also to get to make money as well. A lot of people want to shame a lot of these people for trying to make money, but you know every everything's at a standstill. So why not? You know, try to you know if you're doing a, a master class of monologue preparation, if you're doing a performance, things like that, and you charge a nominal fee, you know that, that's okay to me. So yeah, I think that I think that's great that a lot of these people are doing that. Yeah, awesome. Um, and that way you still get theater because theater is important. And especially in these dark times, you need something entertainment wise other. Sometimes you need something other than TV and movies. Yeah. You need that, that change. Definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, Ben, what do you got my friend? All right. Uh, for my second story this week, I watched um, Dave Chappelle on Netflix, get honored with the Mark Twain award. Nice. Uh, yep. I forget the actual name of the special, but it was like the Dave Mark Twain Kennedy center prize Kennedy center. Yeah. Yep. The Kennedy center award presents Mark uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, my God, I stayed up late the other night watching it. It was hilarious. It's an hour and a half of people talking about Dave Chappelle, little snippets of him doing stand up like the night uh, before uh, Neil Brennan, who had a integral role in uh, Half Baked and The Chappelle Show, uh, talking about Dave's career. <laughs> lots of funny bits. His set was uh, great. Lots of funny people talking about, oh my God, he was so funny. Um, just talking about how uh, the the great bit is they're talking about how Half Baked got made. And um, <laughs> Dave calls him on the phone out of nowhere and says, hey, if Universal calls you and says, hey, are you making a weed movie with Dave Chappelle? Say yes. <laughs> and so just like how crazy like the movie how it got made and everything just awesome awesome stuff um and i know maybe you guys haven't seen this yet but uh you know we need nothing like lynette was saying we need all that we can get as far as comedy and stand-up comedy and that's something that is going to go by the wayside because a lot of stand-up comics go out to clubs, test out their material, and then make these hour-long specials that get produced on Netflix or whatever. So um, what's your... Um, I just want to hear everyone's thoughts on Dave Chappelle and his career and what your thoughts on on his stand-up are. Jim, start with you. I love Dave Chappelle. I think that he's one of the most talented stand-ups um, that, that's ever been. I, I think it's always weird when people give awards to comedians. I think that's something that's... <laughs> I don't know that a lot of funny people are really doing it so that they could get a statue. And I'm sure that Dave Chappelle isn't doing it for that reason. 
but he's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know, one of my, one of my top like five people that I, I would watch anything that he did. Awesome. Josh, what are your thoughts are on that? Oh, he's hilarious. I'm, I mean, I, he's got a little bit of a, uh, how does how do you say it? like he's got this wasted years period, um, mm-hmm. post Chappelle mm-hmm. show, um, and before he he had the, he did the documentary the like the block party uh, yep. documentary, yep. Um, and he was at home uh, raising his kids and and it's it, I say wasted years not from his perspective but from like the rest of the world, um, you know what could he have given us during during those years. Like, you know, the Bush years, the pre before Obama uh, became president. And, and I know he, he he didn't do overtly uh, political humor, but but kind of edged into it all the time. And there were subjects that he wasn't afraid to touch um, so that when he came back with his Netflix specials, it was I didn't find it shocking. I think a lot of people did. Um you know, find some of the things that he talked about shocking or maybe outdated. Um, I didn't find it that way. Um, but I, I actually thought he kind of lost his edge a little bit. Um, Mm. I I'm looking forward to seeing it. It popped up on my feed. Um, I will watch it, you know, even just the, the highlights, uh, you know, when you go on it on Netflix, like it plays a little snippet of it for you. And I found myself chuckling at it. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, and I'll, go out of my way to to watch something with him in it um there's a lot of it that's going to be with him is is what if you know what what could we have had with him yep uh lynette what are your thoughts uh who's dave Chappelle? no i'm joking Uh. um (laughs) uh i don't know like i watched half baked i was like that i wasn't big into the Chappelle show it never really spoke to me as wanting to watch it. Um, though, really? yeah, I saw clips. Really? Yeah. You know what it was? The crack guy like, kind of turned me off. Like, clean. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He just, I was like, I don't, yeah. Nope. I'm good. Um, I don't know. He just, it wasn't my kind of thing. So I didn't really watch the Chappelle show, though, when he came back to SNL, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I kind of wanted to go back and start watching the, the Chappelle show and stuff. Um, though to Josh's point, I, I think, because I know part of the reason why he also left show business for a while was for his own mental health. And I think it's really important uh, that we don't call it wasted years because uh, a lot of African-American men don't get that time or get to be able to talk about mental health um, and how important it is to uh, take care of themselves mentally. Um, and so I just, I think that that's important and I respect him for that, for being yeah, able should, to be like, i really, You should really watch this special because they talk about the SNL. They talk about the time off. They talk about everything. So it's, it really doesn't hide from anything. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so. Yeah, Chris, what what are your thoughts? And then on to you, my man. Yeah, you know, Dave Chappelle is one of those those stand-ups where it's like when he's engaged, when he's, you know, putting 100% behind it, uh, he's one of the best, if not the mm-hmm. best. Um, I don't know. See, the problem with him is 
he was always like his contemporaries around the same time were always like Chris Rock, um, and uh, I'm trying to think some of the other comedians at the time that were really big. Um, so I don't know if he ever had the belt, if that makes sense. Uh, he was always he was always up there for me, but it it always felt like if he had a special, then Chris Rock would do something that was like he would do bring the pain, and it was like okay, never mind, that's the greatest sixty minutes that we've ever seen. Or then Bill Burr would do something, or um, you know, just there he was always had these contemporaries around him that were really good. So and then he took that time off, and then you know he came back with with this passion and this fire again, and then we're like oh that's right that's that's the guy you know, that we, mm-hmm. we know and love. Um, so yeah, he's always been one of those guys. that's like, man, if he, if, if he's all in on something, it's going to be fantastic. Whether it's half baked Chappelle shows, you know, Josh mentioned the block party, which had some great moments in it as well. Um, I mean, the Kennedy center thing is great. I mean, the other thing that, that also I loved was John Stewart's set that he did. Um, oh my God. That was know, great. Talking about like how, you know, <laughs> Like that, he basically got all of the Chappelle Show money once the Chappelle Show went off the air, which I thought was hilarious. So uh, it is a, it is a great special. I actually got to see I didn't I haven't seen the Netflix version, but I got to see the 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 like the PBS version when they actually awarded oh. it that night. But yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I, I me too. Watch this version because they have a lot more musical guests and everything. Sounds too. like it. Yeah. So I'm I'm the looking mus- forward to that. Yeah, the musical guests are great. Awesome. So. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, all right. So for my second thing this week, it's really actually not a story, but more kind of just like a kind of a mini rant, if you will. So just bear with me for a second. So right. I've been seeing, you know, we're, we're getting into day for some people, day 21 of this quarantine thing. So we're all stuck at home. We're all kind of doing the same thing. Um so you're, a lot of people are now starting to get sensitive, I think, about what's being posted on social media like, and reacting strongly, I guess you could say, to other people posting stuff. And I've been not seeing – Not on social media. The, not on social media. <laughs> Come That's on now. That's not the place people, for that. People are place. usually so measured. Right? So one thing, I'm noticing, on. one thing I'm noticing is that when people are starting to post comments like – Man, I just remembered that I had tickets for this event that's coming up this weekend and it's not happening. Wow, this really sucks. Or like, man, we were planning on a trip to Florida, you know, for spring break. And, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. Man, this really sucks. And the people that post these things are then getting responses of like, people are dying. People are sick. Like, how dare you? You're so selfish for thinking about that stuff. And I'm like, you know, part of me is like, yeah. But you're allowed to be disappointed in things. Like you're allowed yeah. to, to you know, I don't want to use the word mourn because I think that's kind of strong. But like you're allowed to be sad and depressed that things that you were really looking forward to this year that, you know, that aren't going to happen. And if that somehow brings in the reality of the situation to you and makes it, you know, bring some levity into the situation. Great. But I don't think people are, you know, when you when you say that, you know, you're, you're not being selfish. Not, now, granted, I think there are some people that, when they, depending upon their wording, could certainly sound more selfish. But like, um, I, I think what I really want to say is, look, you're allowed to be upset about everything under the sun when it comes to what's going on with COVID-19 uh, and all these shutdowns and what's affecting jobs, what's affecting schools, things like that. I don't, I think we're going to start going down this bad rabbit hole if people start attacking everybody, if they're not just posting about you know, answering uh, politicians or being outraged at the lack of testing and things like that, because that that is going to get you know stale very quickly. So, 
you know, if you're if you're being disappointed with things, if you're sad that events like the Tonys, for instance, aren't going to happen, like Coachella and all these things that you were planning on to really that, you know, for a lot of people are events of the year for them that really, you know, like Lynette said, you know, she mentioned mental health, things that are that make us feel good and that we're looking forward right. to that can really have a negative impact on your negative health, on your, on your me- mental health. Um, it's OK to feel those feelings and we should not attack those. I just wanted some of your thoughts on, on that kind of stuff. And, and as well as other, any other social media things that you're seeing that are like, can we stop with this? So to speak. I well, dare Chris, somebody to know, come at me for yeah. my birthday in two weeks. I'm disappointed. I was having a big bash for my birthday. I'm turning right. 42 and I had to cancel it because, well, it, we're not going to be off quarantine or whatever or social mm. distancing. I'm disappointed in that. If somebody yeah. wants to come at me for it, I'm coming after them. Damn right. And I'm taking their children down with me. Ben, you're about to say? Uh, well, <laughs> the children. Uh, so, <laughs> the, um, you know, the thing I saw today is, you know, uh, I was watching the news in the background while I was working. Um, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Fauci or another um, advisor talking about how, you know, life is going to be different post coronavirus it's going to be a little different life as we know it is going to be different Mm -hmm. and so things like concerts things like theater things like comic-con which we were just at in new york city um (gasps) things like that are going to be a little different after this this is going to be like a bounce back thing like we're going to pop back and go to church on easter or whatever it's going to be like this thing that's going to resonate for a while so i think it's okay chris i'm with you i think it's an okay thing to mourn these things because you know uh, one thing that i know as dealing with people with depression and working with people with their coping skills is it's very healthy for people mentally to plan vacations you know, long-term kind of like, oh, we're going to the Bahamas in August and then saving money and then, you know, getting everything together and getting the kids ready, getting passports. That's, it it makes you happy. It's one of those things that, you know, planning a Disney World trip makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to go from people's lives for a while now. So it's, I'm with you, Chris. That is something that is important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Anybody else want to hop in? I, we were just talking about this last night at our, our Seder. My my brother's uh, wedding is June twentieth, um, and mm. you know th- they've got a mm. um, a beautiful location booked. Uh, the Dayton Art Institute, great catering, great music. My brother is he's turning forty uh, this year, so he's getting married a little bit later. I th- I think uh, actually I didn't. None of us really thought he was going to get married, but he, he found a girl <laughs> that he loves. And, yeah, and, that's awesome. Uh, we could, we, we yeah. couldn't be happier for him. And we were kind of talking with him last night. You know, the, the caterers are still pushing him to, you know, you got to make your payments and everything else. And he's like, I don't even know if we're going to be able to have this fucking thing. And um, I, I, I'm with you, Chris. I, I Anybody who's tells me not to be disappointed about not being able to go to my brother's wedding, be in my brother's wedding, can they can all eat shit. They can take a shit in the ocean. <laughs> tell us how you really feel though all right <laughs> be honest <laughs> no i hear you man that it, it is uh it's very it, it's one of those things where i just don't understand you know that that attitude of like you know not being allowed to be disappointed in things i i just don't get it i mean i a, fr- a good friend of mine her daughter <clears throat> was devastated that she's not going to have senior prom i mean that 
for an, an, a high school senior, like yeah, that's that's their world. They're, and she's not going to have her graduation either. So it's like, I get it. I get it. Yes, people are a dying. Couple, a couple of my coworkers, a couple of my coworkers' kids were varsity baseball players, mm. and those things this season, of course, uh, can affect your college scholarship and everything. So that's that's huge. Right. Right. So it's just one of those things where, yeah, you, you're allowed to absolutely allowed to feel your feelings, be disappointed. Obviously, we ne- you know are all devastated what is going on with, um, you know, the, the, everybody who's sick and, of course, those who have died and, and those who will die. But that's but, you know, it's it's one of those things where this is also happening in our own little universes around us as well. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But anyway, let's move on to happier things. <laughs> um, let's go YouTube in. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So let's change up the order. Uh, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it around here. So, Lynette, why don't you kick us off with the YouTube in? All right. I got a couple of things I'm super excited about. Nice. First thing is, is uh, there is on the YouTubes a great video of John Mulaney with um, DeJesus and Hero. Uh, it's a show on Showtime, but there's about a half an hour episode of him where they interview him, and it's effing hilarious. It totally busted my spirits open. Uh, the next one is The Daily Show. It just came out on uh, the Facebook where they're doing a uh, version of Cribs, <laughs> The Daily Show Cribs, where one of the uh, broadcasters is totally critiquing all of the newscasters' homes since they are <laughs> broadcasting from home and it i was dying like i was crying in tears laughing so hard she totally knocked it out of the park um it's on my i'm going to share it on my facebook page which i'm sure you'll get to later um but i'm sure you can find it under the daily show uh just daily show cribs quarantine i'm sure you'll get it uh absolutely freaking hilarious that's what i got for you this week nice good stuff good stuff josh how about you my friend uh, I got two for you. Uh, one happy, one sad. Uh, the uh, the happy one, just because I was watching it earlier today, for whatever reason, it was showing up in my feed. Uh, there's a couple of different versions of the video of uh, Pedro Martinez's 17 strikeout game against the Yankees back in 1999. It's the single greatest pitching performance I've ever seen. Um, it, it, I don't know. I miss baseball terribly right now. Yeah. And I know I'm going to be, I'm a huge dick for missing baseball when people are dying, but I miss baseball while people are dying. Um, so I would, Josh, I would say, Josh, uh, Josh what? did we learn nothing from Chris's? <laughs> I, I, have, I just, I just want to, I just want to tell you nothing that you... from Chris the entire time that I've known him. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you're allowed to have feelings. Uh, yeah. Feelings. Feel your apparently, feelings. Apparently not. Uh, <laughs> but speak, speaking of feelings. Is this, is so this Pedro Martinez? This is Pedro Martinez, like full Jerry Curl, Pedro Martinez, pre. No. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. Not? This, is, this is before the Jerry Curl. This was the mm. short, short-haired, like. Mini Afro. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. This is. Perennial this is Cy Young winner. Young pitching phenom. See, yeah, I knew him as a, as a New, York Met, New York Met like junk junk pitcher. <laughs> That's how I like him. Yeah, no, no, no. This was like skinny guy running it up at like ninety nine on everybody, and then throwing like a seventy eight mile an hour change, like just filthy stuff. Um, 
So second one, if anybody's in need of a, of a good cry, uh, John Prine died the other day. Mm. Um, mm. Maybe the, you know, probably the most, maybe the most famous person who's passed away from COVID-19. Um, I was not a huge fan, um, but lots of friends were big fans of his. Um, one of his videos popped up into my feed. Um, it's a, a video for the song End of Summer, which was his last uh, last album uh, that came out in t- 2018. Uh, if you're in need of a good cry, uh, go watch the video for End of Summer uh, by John Prine. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, ben, what do you got? All right. Yeah. You know, Josh, I checked out John Prine on Spotify. I've been playing his stuff. Really good stuff. Um, so uh, more music. So uh, my man, Thundercat, you guys familiar with Thundercat, the bassist? He is amazing. Uh, he has a new video for Dragon Ball Do-Rag. It is an amazing video. <laughs> it features him crawling like a cat towards some white girls after he hops out of a dumpster. And he's wearing this <laughs> Dragon Ball Z do-rag. Guys, you need to watch this video. There's literally like 20 seconds of him spraying uh, like a, a, a like a hose in his backyard and making a, a rainbow. He, the my man is making some videos during quarantine and it's just epic. And the song is just awesome. Like, don't you like my do rag? It's a soft falsetto while the bass is rocking. Please check it out. Thundercat Dragon Ball do rag. And then also, uh, I checked this out. Psycho Stick was the name of like this this live concert that's going on and uh or it might be the band i don't know what's going on and it's called we ran out of cd space live on piano and i, I there's a lot of words I'm, I'm throwing at you right now it's it's very confusing uh nothing but, you're saying is making any sense to me at all yeah like, right it's it's called psycho stick and he has this song called what if the world was made out of glazed donuts and you need to check it out. <laughs> it it's four sure. minutes and 29 seconds. And he's wearing this rainbow head. And what's weird about the video is it's a live performance. Like they're putting on a concert, but he keeps messing up. Like through the whole thing. Like he messes up so many times. And then the other members of the band, they're standing there putting on their guitars, but they're not playing anything. They're just like making fun of him the whole time. Psycho stick. What if the made? What if the world was made out of glazed donuts? Those are my recommendations. Good stuff, dude. Good stuff. Uh, Jim, what do you have? Well, first, that makes me think of like there's this physics thing about like what if the world was made out of blueberry, and there's a there's this one blog where people will take physics questions like that and like really go into depth about what actually would happen if the world was made out of. Uh, blueberries like you know how hot it would be and how it would eventually like you know fall off its axis and float into whatever but i wonder what the uh, world would be it's uh it's actually what if isn't that the website they do with uh with stick figures and things like that no it's 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 an actual like physics question and answer but i won't talk about it because it is it's it gets pretty heady I mean, it's like actually research driven, but that's there, not what I'm going to talk about. There was a, there was a book that they wrote or that was written yeah. by that guy. I uh, just wanted to give a, I'm not going to say his name, but just uh, wanted to give a shout out to my uh, kindergarten son's uh, gym teacher's YouTube 
videos that he's been sending home. Uh, I've been, Whoa. I've been, yeah. I've been working out with, uh, with my boy, and um, I'll tell you that uh, this guy, um, he's doing these workouts for little kids, and uh, I can't, I can't follow along at all, and it just makes me just almost near tears at how <laughs> comically out of shape I've become. Not that I was ever in good shape, but. But so I'm I'm planking with my kindergarten son, and I'm like shaking my from from muscle tension, planking. And while this guy on the video is telling the kids stories while he's planking and uh, talking all about like their day and telling him to go outside, and I'm like, and he's like doing push-ups and talking freely while doing push-ups, and I'm like out of breath and like. Like having a cardiac episode and my five-year-old <laughs> checking my pulse. Meanwhile, this 20-year-old PE teacher is just really just killing it on these videos. So uh, I, I just I just like you to all check out your uh, your children's online homework and and do that uh, do that PE work with them because uh, you know it's it's real work. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're having issues with kindergarten p i'm having issues with kindergarten math so you know we're we're in the same boat kind of gotta, but uh, gotta count those blocks gotta, exactly <laughs> is it a... <laughs> oh, i love it i love it um so for my youtube pick um have any of you ever heard of this guy named wes tank anybody no no, no? no. so he's a genius Looking him up right now. Looking him up. Yeah, what we got? He figured out that you can take Dr. Seuss books and wrap them over Dr. Dre beats. And <laughs> it is amazing. And I'm just going to play you a short clip oh. because it's that good. So here we go. Hold on. Can you guys hear that okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take it slowly. This book is dangerous. Fox socks, box knocks, knocks in box and fox in socks, knocks on fox in socks in box, socks on knocks and knocks in box, fox in socks on box on knocks, chicks with bricks come, chicks with blocks come, chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come, look sir, look sir, Mr. Knoxer, let's do tricks with bricks and blocks sir, let's do tricks with chicks and clocks sir, first I'll make a quick trick, bricks stand. So, anyway, um, so that's, that's just a amazing. small sampling, and he videos, he video records it, so you can see him actually doing it live on these recordings. Uh, he does the Lorax, he does Green Eggs and Ham. Um, I'm watching Green Eggs and Ham right now. This is amazing. <laughs> it's great, and so yeah, I watched it with my son the other day. And he was digging it. Like, he was dancing. He loves Green Eggs and Hand because his name is Sam. So, like, he loves that book. One, two, is Sam. There you go. Hey. So, we have the same son, Chris. We have the same. He's splitting time. He's, oh, no. He's, he spends Wait. the weekends with me. And then we with you. Oh, no. You guys weren't supposed to know. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so is, is your son Asian? <laughs> Half. <laughs> Oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense now. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Karen. <laughs> By the way, I read an article. It is determined that Karen is not a slur. Just so you yeah, all. Karen's definitely not a slur. <laughs> not a slur. 
Ooh, oh, I of, love it. Lots of drama in my house. I was talking about Jim's <laughs> wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that her name was. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so my son was loving it. He loves Dr. I should, Seuss. I should maybe see the manager about that half Asian baby I have. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But anyway, yeah, so Wes Tank is his name. Good stuff. I mean, if you've got kids that love Dr. Seuss books, there's no there's no Dr. Dre lyrics in there, so you can play it through them straight out, and they can enjoy the beats. So there you go. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, this was fun. This was good. Um, anybody want five way? Was that five way? Five way. I think I think for our next episode, we should do a recorded Zoom session with everybody, so we can get some video. Uh, and see people. People can see us. I don't know if you guys be into that, but uh, Chris, I'll... you're gonna make me get dressed. <laughs> you're gonna have to put some pants on on that. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna have to put some pants on too. But uh, anyway, uh, does anybody have anything they want to plug real quick? Anything coming up? Events? Whatnot? Yeah. Stay inside. I got one. <laughs> oh, Josh, you got something? And tomorrow is my uh, my youngest daughter's seventh birthday. Lucy is turning seven. Hey. Uh, we have not been able to have a party for her, obviously. So uh, shout out to my wife who has put together a parade in front of our house tomorrow. Whoa. We have friends coming to uh, honk horns and yell for Lucy. We've got family coming. It's uh, It's going to be awesome. That's awesome. Oh, that's that's awesome. Are you, are you going to videotape it so we can see it? Uh, yeah, I'm not really good about doing that. Somebody will videotape it. Awesome. Because I, I, I love seeing those videos. So, I like um, that. I like that, awesome. uh, Josh's wife put that parade together and Josh can't even press a button on his phone. Is your wife taking What's that? Parade for me for the following weekend. Would your wife be willing to create a parade for me the following weekend? <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I think we can swing that. We'll, All right. I'd be happy to do. trade medical advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody else? Any got anything they want to say? Just please keep please, it real. Please wash your hands. Yes. Stay away from people. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I I know I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but uh, we are starting to roll out some of our new websites uh, under kind of our our new media company umbrella. So the Mid Carters, which is our wrestling pro wrestling website, is now up and running uh, with some content on there. Uh, we're just going to be adding some new stuff. I've got like a whole plethora of articles I'm going to be posting over the next week. So if you love professional wrestling, like I do, which is one of the few entertainment outlets that is still producing new content, um, go, go check it out. Cause it's, it's awesome. So, uh, anyway, you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the onstage blog network and onstageblog.com. But thank you everybody. This was fun. Yeah. Kids. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That was good. Awesome. All right. We'll see you all next week right here on desperately seeking entertainment. <laughs>